Welcome to Wonder, a podcast equipping women to live a wonder-filled life with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. Chrissy is a women's minister who shares his story, his love, and his word by speaking, teaching, training, and mentoring women of all ages. And Lisa is the author of Raising Sinners and loves speaking to mom groups in Texas and beyond, encouraging them as they raise their children to love God with all their hearts. Don't you know that she's, she's some kind of wonderful? Here is another edition of the Wonder Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Lisa Clark, and my name is Christy Dunham, and we are honored that you're taking time out of your day to listen to us, aren't we, Lisa? We are. We're very thankful, and we love our listeners, and we want to give a shout out today to Leslie Hatfield. Hey, Leslie. Thank you for listening to the Wonder Podcast, and we're so thankful for you and your encouragement. We pray you'll continue to listen and tell your friends. That's right. Leslie, we do love you and appreciate you and all that you do as a working professional woman, uh, still taking time out of your busy day to listen to us. I hope you're encouraged and that you're spurred on and that you will spread the word. Well, today, uh, like any other day on the Wonder Podcast, we are introducing you, our listeners, to people and women of wonder, people that we have wondered about, people that we have watched on social media, people that we have met, people that blow our minds with how the Lord is using them in unique and fabulous ways. And today we have another Wonder Woman on for you to meet. Her name is Sarah Harmeyer. And the Lord has given her the ministry called Neighbor's Table. So I want you to meet Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Chrissy. Hi, Lisa. It's fun to know that there's other people like Leslie and your listeners listening in right now. I feel like we're a bunch of gals just sitting down at a table, right? That's exactly right. And that's what I love about you. The Lord has given you, uh, I'm very jealous, first of all, of the ministry that the Lord gave you. Uh, He gave you a ministry of table. He gave you a ministry of food and a ministry of gathering people and hearing their stories, which is so my heartbeat. And uh, when I first started hearing about you and your ministry, I just immediately fell in love with you because You and I have the exact same heart when it comes to all of that, but you're obviously doing a much better job. The Lord has called you into this ministry for a specific reason, and it just has so many uh, things that affect people, and I am just enamored by all that the Lord has done in your life. So give us some history of who Sarah is, what Neighbor's Table is all about, and how it got started. Yeah, thanks, Christy. I live in Dallas, and I am a 43-year-old single, and I have lived in Dallas since 2010. I actually moved here for a uh, professional job that I was doing. I was in fundraising for a national children's hospital, and back in 2010, my identity was really wrapped up in my work. Um, A lot of young professionals might identify with this challenge, if you will. And I just had a dear pastor friend of mine kind of help me realize that my identity was solely in my work and what I was doing other than, uh, rather than being uh, who I am in Christ. And so we spent some time together. Uh, Eric Hill and his wife, Kristen, have a ministry called With You Ministries. They're out of Atlanta. 
And I visited with them for about three months back in 2011. And from that time together, there was a lot of great things that were reshaped. I grew up in the church, uh, was on staff at a church, and something had just happened along the way. And so what Eric and Kristen helped me realize through that time was that I'm a people gatherer. And he first used the word evangelist. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am no Billy Graham. Like, what do you mean? He was like, Sarah, we see you loving to share your faith in a really real relational way. And we think you're a people gatherer. And he just kind of tossed out this challenge to me. Uh, and he said, I want you to think about how you might be the church in the church and outside the church and how you might gather people doing that. Well, Eric and Kristen didn't say anything about a table or anything like that, but I spent some a few months praying about what that would look like as a people gatherer. And I kept coming back to the very best times of my life, and they have been around a table. Uh, this is a crazy story, but in college, I had a, in grad school, actually, I had a cafe out of my house super illegally. It was hilarious. I literally played restaurant three days a week and uh, uh, invited people in. They would just call my answer machine and leave a message saying how many guests they had. And I would serve lunch three days a week that year. And it was the best year of my life, Chrissy and Lisa. It was a hoot. We called it the Red Porch Cafe. My porch was painted red and uh, it was just a riot. So when I moved back to Houston, uh, I continued to love to gather people. And even those moments followed me to Dallas. And I kept thinking, there's something about the table that just feels like home to me. Um, it's the place where I can serve others. It's the place that I can have conversations that are meaningful to me. Uh, it's actually the place that I can share my faith. And God gave me a heart for people um, that don't know the Lord. And it truly was uh, the table that I kept coming back to. And I said, maybe that's the place that I'll gather people at. And what I ended up doing was I set a goal. Actually, I first asked my dad if he'd build me this table. Uh, and I wanted a table big enough to seat 20 people. And I just had this vision in my head. A table for 20 would just feel like something bigger than what we normally would at home. And I set this goal to serve 500 people around my table. And what it ended up feeling like was this, this home, this like home base, if you will, of where I would gather people and where I could do ministry um, and live into the way that God made me. So really what that looked like, this was in 2012, my dad built this long 18-foot table, and we hung it. Uh, we hung chandeliers over it in my backyard. And I knew two neighbors when I started, and I started inviting people. My first neighborhood, my neighborhood is called So Hip, not at all because we are hip, but we're south of Highland Park in Dallas. And um, I, I came up this party name. This would totally be something you would do, Chrissy. Uh, I called it the So Hip, So Hip Soiree. And it was this it. simple as this. I, I said, bring a beverage, bring a dish to, to share. And if you've never stepped outside of your house, would you consider coming this night to meet your neighbors? And we literally had a potluck. I had someone there playing guitar and singing. And 91 people showed up that night. And in an instant, 
God just like opened up my heart so wide. And he said, people just want to be invited. And it was that night that kind of kickstarted this, this journey of gathering people. So I did uh, that first year, I gathered 500 people. My 500th guest came down the driveway on Thanksgiving day when all other Americans were gathering around their tables too. And it was Michelle. She was a single parent. Her three kids were running around and she was carrying her aunt squash casserole. I, I remember every detail still, but it, it, it couldn't end right then. I knew that God had put something in my heart. I knew that my friend Eric even called. He said, Sarah, I feel like God is getting so much glory around your table. And then he said this, he goes, I wonder if God has something outside your table um, for him to do. And I could not think, Lisa, in those moments of uh, like joy of what was happening in my own backyard, I couldn't even think outside what could happen outside my yard. So um, as I kind of just kicked that around a little for another couple of months, I was sitting in a conference and uh, someone was talking about leadership and vision. And that's when I started daydreaming and like the margins of my program. And I said, oh my gosh, there's other people wired just like me. Like God made other people gathers in the world. And I wonder if I could find those people gathers and cheer them on. And I wonder if they need a place like I did, a home base, to gather their people. And then I wondered if dad would build tables for other people. So I called him on a break at that conference. And I said, dad, what do you think about building tables for other people? And my dad has been retired for, gosh, it's probably 15, almost 20 years now. He's been widowed for over 25 years. And it instantly kind of made him feel like he had a purpose again and something to do. So we laughed. I said, dad, I know what we'll call you. We'll call you the chairman of the boards. And from that day on, my dad started building tables for other people. We eventually started calling it neighbor's table. Um, a small business was birthed just in the, the margins of a conference uh, program book. So um I really feel like the table belongs to everyone that gathers at it. And I spell neighbor's table with an apostrophe S because I do. I feel like it belongs to each person that sits there. Um, we have a, a little motto that we say we're on a love mission. I want to be really missional about loving people and really taking up that invitation of how Jesus said, love our neighbors. So um, it's been a wild ride since then. Um, my dad's built almost 250 tables now, and, um, this is the really inefficient part of my business. <laughs> um, I deliver all these tables myself. I rent a box truck and I get on the road and I have delivered every single table. We're in 33 States now. And, um, when we unload the table, I tell people that's when community starts So have your friends, your neighbors gather and together we'll unload it. And, and assemble it together. And then oftentimes I get to have that first meal with people. And I really get to kind of help hear their hearts of why they wanted to be a part of the neighbor's table family. And then also kind of cast that vision of what is possible um, with an invitation and even just with a simple table. So there's nothing magical about our tables by any means, but the people that have our tables know they are a part of something bigger than just their own 
uh, table and it kind of connects us all. So um, uh, just over two years ago, I stepped away from my full-time job to um, follow this call. I felt like God had uh, for me and this is my full-time job now and um, got to hire someone else to help build tables and um, it's been a fun thing. Um, but I also realized I'm still just a people gatherer. Like I'm really not that much of a business person. So, uh, it's hysterical what God will kind of lead you through and, um, how we, how we kind of still do this. So I really see it as kind of pushing God's story forward. And in the things that I do, I love telling stories and that's probably how we've sold any tables is I just shared the stories of what's happening at other people's at other people's tables and what that's how that's inspired me. So um, we're still at it, which my lights are still on, which thanks be to God, I get to do what I love and what he's made me to do. So that's kind of kind of what I'm up to. Wow. That's one of the questions I was going to ask you is, are you still hosting in your backyard? Yeah. So this season has looked a little different. I feel like when I first started, I've, I've still gathered probably 3,500 people around my own table. But when we started, when I started doing this full time two years ago, I, I kind of turned it a little where I was gathering more at other people's tables when I would deliver them than my own. I'm still probably having more than most people do at my own table. But um, I find myself on the road a lot, um, getting to enjoy that. And it's so fun coming alongside people, even in their own kitchens. You know, most people have never had a table for 10 or even 20 people. So there's some people that God really naturally made as a people gather. And there's other people. I've got this one lady, Rebecca, in Indiana. They've got this farm and this beautiful old barn. And she said, I am scared to death to invite my neighbors. How do I do this? She just ordered a table for 20 and she tells me this on delivery. And I'm like, I love you. Like, you're just so brave and you know, that's what's in your heart. So I'll get these handwritten invitations. She was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm inviting them. And she has gatherings all the time. So it's so fun just to see how other people do that, but getting to do it alongside them helps, um, you know, reframe their perspective on a party um, so many of us Southern women can get caught up in what our table looks like instead of who's around the table and that sort of thing. Guilty as charged. I'm, I'm the same way. So to help people put that in perspective is uh, sometimes the gift that it gives me being right there in person with them for that first time. Wow, Sarah, I, I have so many questions because I'm just visualizing all of this rolling out and, and taking place. And coming out of the season that we've been in, which for all of us, it's been life-changing, right? Yeah. Um, don't you think that the desire, and what I've heard most from people is coming out of this season, how much the table and how much community and how much family, how that they've just realized that's really all we need. I mean, in Rick Warren's book, he talks about we were created for community. That's and right. Created to be isolated. And so the longing in our hearts, don't you think that this is going to push us into wanting more community and wanting to be around the table more with our loved ones? Yeah. And that's been my messaging, just helping us recognize what that is inside of us, that inside of each of us is this heart for connection. We want to be connected to people. 
And we do that on a certain level online, as we know, but there's nothing else like just sitting elbow to elbow at a table. It's like, I feel like the table is like this great equalizer. And I've seen it over and over again at my table. I'll have an executive sitting next to an eighth grader and that engagement happens or my plumber with my Pilates instructor and like just this mashup of people when we're given the space to connect, really good things can happen. And I've seen conversations happen um, that have been really meaningful, have been faith focused that might not have happened other places. So I was walking my neighborhood the other day and my neighbor Ed stopped me and goes, Sarah, man, I sure wish, I sure wish we could all be in your backyard again. Like we all miss that connection and that um, I, I think families are getting a good taste of that though right now. Those that were under our roof, um, you know, we see what it's like to slow down and our schedules to slow down and maybe spend a little time in the kitchen and maybe making our time around the table more purposeful. So I love it. I love seeing what's happening in everyone's hearts, um, recognizing that. So yeah. well, you've definitely turned your um, passion into your purpose. And we love talking to women about that who have a passion for something and then turn it into um, their purpose here in life. And it's just, it's a beautiful story. Tell us how long it takes to make a table. Like if someone were to order it, when can they expect it delivered by your, yourself? Yeah, well, I, it's all grace, Lisa. And I feel really um, privileged to be able to get to do what I love to do. So um, we, we like to tell people eight to 10 weeks of when they order it. Um, it actually depends more on where they live. So because I'm delivering tables, um, I have an order for Vermont and Maine right now. Well, it's going to take me a while to get up there, but I can string some other deliveries along the way. I've got one in Kentucky and Pennsylvania, and I'll snake my way up there. So sometimes if you're closer, I can get it to you sooner. Or uh, Once we have an anchor um, delivery, then we kind of try to see who else we can get around that area. So it makes it a better time for my road trips and um, when we can do that. So, but yeah, I would expect a couple months. I remember the first time that um, I heard your story, I was so overwhelmed with your dad being a widower that you yeah. pulled him into this and this gave him something to do and something that you guys could do together that you'll remember forever. You've created many memories, I'm sure, in that truck delivering those tables. So yeah. tell me about the relationship with you and your dad and how this may have changed it. Um, I just love how the Lord is never through using us. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says that your fruit is green and sappy. And I always mm -hmm. say, when I get old, I want to be very, very sappy um, because <laughs> he's never, he's never finished with us and there's always fruit to bear. So I love the peace of your dad and you, and I can just picture you in this truck and the conversations you must have as you travel across the country and deliver these tables. Tell me about yeah. that experience. Yeah, you know, and dad had a career in a high-rise building in a suit and tie, so it wasn't even anything to do with carpentry, which is kind of fun for him, this late in life um, fun thing. He would always say he's a piddler, you know, something he just enjoyed doing, so when I asked him to build my table, it was the first he'd ever built. Um, and for him to continue doing this has just been uh, 
such an act of service and love for me, his daughter, and I recognize it as that. One of my favorite pictures I've ever taken is actually both of us in piles of sawdust on the barn floor with both of our boots, knowing that we're right at the, the work table together. And I don't know how to build anything. Actually, my dad calls me the closer. So when I deliver tables and I'm assembling, that is the extent of my construction knowledge is how he's instructing me to do that. But um, it's been something really fun. It's been a lot of work um, that we've gotten to do together. But my dad is the, the last one asleep and the first one up if we need to load. And um, it's really given me this new perspective of how um, he has loved me. And, and I know his health will not always be there to be able to do that. And I'm grateful that we've been able to add someone else to the team to um, take a little off of him and, and that sort of thing. So I actually do a lot of the delivering myself. So he used to join me in the truck, but we are keeping him pretty busy uh, around the workbench to to build tables and stuff. So he doesn't head out too often unless it's a closer trip with me. But um, those were some fun days when we got to do that together. So, so do, are you in that truck by yourself driving all the way to Maine and Vermont? I am, Christy. I don't <gasps> say that very often publicly, but I guess here I am saying I'm going oh my by myself. God. Sometimes I'll take friends, you know, this, the truck stop life is something that's grown on me a little, um, pulling in, feeling like I'm one of the big trucks, but, um, yeah, I've got friends all over the country. And as I deliver more and making more friends and I wave as I go through States at people and I always have a place to stay. So it doesn't feel lonely out there at all, which, um, I'm grateful for. I always fly back. So I'm not a real trucker and that once the fun's over with the people, I always jump on a plane to come back. So, um, it's, uh, it's an adventure. I told someone the other day that God made me a road warrior too. I just have always traveled for work and being single and even without a pet, like I just hit the road and it's part of the journey and the joy for me. So it's really fun. I love that. Um, A question I have for you is as you gather people and when you had your red front porch and all of those uh, things that you've mentioned, what is something that you love to cook that's your go-to meal if you know someone's coming over or a dish someone asked you to come to a potluck, like what is your go-to dish? I get asked that question a lot and I wish I had a better answer. I am, I've become this person that wants to do the easy thing. And I, I heard your, your guest, Abby, um, yes. And how her most popular recipe is a three ingredient recipe. I'm like, this is the day of us right now. It's like, we want the thing that's easy and yummy and, and that sort of thing. So I will, I will tell you this. I get asked or requested often for my butterscotch pudding, but I'm going to let you in on my secret. All I do is have a really fancy glass and I go in my pantry and I grab snack pack butterscotch puddings, like ones you put in kids' lunch boxes. And I scoop them out and put in this fancy glass and put a fun little cookie in it. And people rave about it. I don't know if it's because it's butterscotch. It's such like an odd flavor or whatever, but it is hilarious. I have served that to some pretty important guests at my table and it's been a hit. So I'm all about like cutting the corners for delight, you know? So if there's something that's, that's easy, um, 
I love that. I love serving pizza, um, just like fun pizza on the grill or just homemade pizzas. I love talking. I'm such a Texan. Um, yes. Things where people can just grab, you know, have it down the center of the table where you kind of um, everyone's for themselves and can yell at people to pass them something or whatever. I love the interactiveness of food. So if there's a yes. way to do that, um, I'm always about that. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not into the really hard things anymore. <laughs> and maybe that's because I want my gathering to be sustainable, you know? Right. Uh, so we do potlucks a lot. And um, an idea I have um, is I ask people to bring a dish with a story. Uh, and that is always fun to let people think of what that would be. And maybe someone comes up with their Lebanese family traditional dish that they serve at holidays, or these were the cupcakes that my fiance brought when he asked me to marry him that night or everyone has some story around food so that's always kind of fun to do but yeah my go-to changes but it's usually something pretty simple well I love the the butterscotch I'm gonna have to try that I mean maybe hey, even put all of the cool whip on top I mean can we make absolutely Lisa, you let me know how it goes. I promise you it will be a hit. No, I've got the fancy cups. I can do this. I can do totally. this. Okay, Sarah, I love following Neighbors Table on social media. And I remember seeing not long ago, well, in the last six months, somebody posted on social media that they were at your table and you weren't there. And so I think that they had a party at your house or something like that. Is that <laughs> happening where people are renting out your table? It It is possible. I don't remember exactly which one that was, but I love that people want to celebrate moments around my table. A lot of times it is a birthday or a baby shower or something like that. I've had rehearsal dinners in my backyard. I've, I've celebrated lots of moments. So it's really neat to see how people that have gathered at my table, it's become a special place for them as well. Um, I talked to my neighbor Lee this morning and years ago, um, he reached out to me right before Christmas and he said, Sarah, my son and I's plans fell through for Christmas. Um, and I know your table is a place for people that don't, don't have a place can come. Are you having an orphan Christmas this year? And I said, well, now I am when you put it that way, Lee, like, oh my gosh, yes. So Lee and his son joined us for Christmas dinner that, that year. And I said, would it be okay if I extended the invitation to our neighborhood? And I had um, nine neighbors that year that I did not know before this invitation was sent out. Again, people just want to be invited. So we were having dinner that night on Christmas day. I think this was 2013. And uh, I have these big, tall love letters in my yard that spell love, L-O-V-E, just as a reminder of what I want to do with my neighbors. And this guy, Russ, who had never been to my table before, I just noticed his eyes started welling up with tears. And he pointed over at those letters and he goes, that's what it feels like here. It feels like love. And I just love that people have connected with something. And my prayer is is that they've connected with the Lord and they feel something, his presence um, at that table. I tell you, my backyard is nothing special. I've got an old chain link fence and cracks in my driveway and weeds. And it's probably the least lovely backyard uh, in Dallas, but 
it comes alive when people get back there. So I absolutely love um, when people want to celebrate and do something around my table. And if I'm not there because I'm traveling, I, of course, welcome them. So, yeah. I love that. I love, I just, I just obsessed with the whole thing and I want a table one day and um, just need to figure out where it's going to be. And uh, I just love this whole concept. Uh, I went out onto Instagram to look at your little, I don't know what it is, your bio um, on Instagram. And I love how the words that you use, I love how you write and I love how you um, create environments with your words. Hmm. This is a movement of ordinary people loving extraordinarily around the table. And when you talked about those love letters that sit in your backyard, I thought this is just an ordinary girl that the Lord has turned into doing extraordinary big things for his kingdom. Do you have any idea how many people have gathered around your table since the start? Because if I recall you had a little book where you wrote people's names down and you knew exactly how many people you had served that year and that you always share about Christ. And when I met you, you said, I've, I've had this many people around my table and shared the story of Jesus. Do you have any idea how many people have sat at your table through these years? Yeah, I would say I've had several repeats. So they're not all individual new people. Um, certainly when I started, I didn't even know 500 people in Dallas. So it's been fun to see how they have uh, walked down that driveway by invitation or I've invited the guy that sacks my groceries to come to my table when he said, oh, you must be having a party of all these groceries. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Do you want to come? <laughs> um, I, I have served over 3,500 people now uh, wow. since 2012. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I've feel like I, I can't do it enough. Like I, I joke with my sister. I wish I could do this every day because it really, you guys know when you're doing the thing that just makes you feel alive, the mm. way God's made you, the thing that you're doing, um, something about gathering people. Um, I know I do it differently than other people. It does, does come very uh, naturally for me. I'm just thrilled that I found the thing that I do feel like I light up when I get to do it. So it's provided so much joy for me. Um, your question of, do you know how much you've impacted? I would be the first person that says I'm the one that's been impacted of mm. all these people that have come into my life that have taught me something that has shared something at the table with me. And that's more than food. It's relationship. And that's been just a treasure that you can't buy anywhere, you know? So it's been I, love good. It. I love it so much. And as you were sitting here talking and just me envisioning people around um, the table, I think of uh, the you know marriage supper of the lamb and how we're all going to be gathered around a table and, Right. I don't know when you get to heaven, if the Lord's going to ask you to build him a table, I figure <laughs> he's probably got that done. I'm hoping he's already got it covered. He probably does. <laughs> um, but I just love that picture and thinking of people in your backyard and then thinking of those tables being delivered all over the United States. You said 30 states. That's something. Mm -hmm. And that if people are truly using those tables to share stories and um, to gather people, there is no telling 
how many people have heard of Jesus because of your table. And that's what makes you a wonder woman. And one <laughs> of the reasons we wanted to have you on here because your ministry just blows me away. And I'm thankful that the Lord showed you exactly how he designed you and what he made you to do. And I want this to spur other women on that God is not finished with you. Even as old as Lisa is, he is not finished with her and he has <laughs> along. He's got things for her to do and I want her to be very sappy. So yeah. um, I know seriously, there's a lot of women that are like, I, you know, I'm done. I've done my part and God can't use me anymore. And well, by golly, you can go buy some butterscotch pudding in the kids section yeah. at the store and put it in a fancy glass and put a cookie on it and have yeah. people in your home, no matter who you are. So I love your words of encouragement. I love your ministry. I'm thankful that Kay Wyma found you and that you impacted people that mm -hmm. night of uh, the event that Lisa got to attend and your ministry just keeps going and that you got to do it with your daddy. That is just so yeah. special and uh, the stories will go on. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for providing dishes with stories. And I love watching your, your messages come through Instagram. This is Sarah, Sarah here. There, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a joy, and y'all are fun to highlight people's stories yourself. So I feel like we're all just trying to move God's story forward, and um, it's fun to get to do that together. So you both are treasured, and thanks for all you do. You're delighted Thank you. for being on, Sarah. God bless you. You bet. See you guys. Don't you know that she's, she's so kind?